You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, David Attard. He's coming at us all the way from Malta. He's over at collectiveray.com. If you head over there to collectiveray.com forward slash lifter LMS, uh, David wrote a really in-depth review of lifter, which is awesome. And he also has uh, actionable WordPress tips that you can subscribe to if you join his mailing list. Um, when you see the quality of the article and the review and the depth that David goes into with Lifter LMS, I believe it was somewhere around 6,000 words or something. It was a lot. I remember it being a lot when I saw it. I was like, whoa, this is deep. We need more stuff like that. But all that is to say is that David... If you're new to WordPress or already kind of experienced with WordPress, I'd encourage you to check out his actionable tips. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, since we're talking about, uh, we kind of connected, you did a review of Lifter LMS, and like I said, it was long, it was really in depth. How did you develop the skill of research and then long form writing? And let me just couch that with the the problem I see a lot of course creators have is they put, put all this effort into building the course and everything, but from an SEO perspective, they may just not write any blog posts or have very little actual public page content on their site, which kind of puts them at a disadvantage for search engines. So mm -hmm. how did you develop as a, both a researcher and a blogger writing about kind of technical subjects in the WordPress niche? Ah, so it's actually quite interesting how I got into content writing. So um, in the very first stages of my career, I was sort of um, trying to learn as much as stuff as possible. But I was finding that the best way to actually learn stuff was to actually write it. So after you've read most of the, after you've done most of the research you had to do, what I would do is let me now try to explain all of this to somebody who, who doesn't know it. So um that was sort of to me the best way to actually take all of the stuff make sure that that i've understood it well and then put it into an actual new article or new tutorial or new whatever about what i was actually learning to make sure that i've uh, grasped the concept completely um i did uh, i used to do i always do quite a lot of research before i actually look at something and then um, one of the, I think one of the differentiators of how I write this stuff is I try to look at stuff mostly um, from a user's perspective. So you, you try to understand um, what the user is trying to do when they hit that particular piece of content. So when you actually get into that mode of writing, then your sort of your content goes to another uh, different kind of level, so to speak. How do, how, do you, how do you get, like, what are some tips on how to really drop into the user's intent or their perspective or their mindset? Like, how do you get in, how do you do that? Um, uh, one of the most important things I do these days is keyword research, obviously. Um, so when you're actually doing SEO, you need to do keyword research. 
you, you cannot just um, you cannot just start writing about anything which you think would make sense or anything which you've seen other people write. Um, there are tools to actually do content research to, to see what people are actually searching for. Now, if people are searching for something, that means it, that means that they don't know about that something or they want to learn about that something. That's the great thing about SEO. People are the search intent, the, the intent when you're doing a search is actually, I don't know enough about this, I need to learn something. Um, so you, you have to go back into that mindset. If I am looking for this particular keyword, what, I am, what am I probably trying to achieve? So if I'm looking for LMS plugins or uh, what is an LMS or, you know, you, you really need to go into the mode of, okay, so this person has no clue about what an LMS is, so we need to go really in depth. If you're looking for, if you're doing keyword research for Lifter LMS, this is somebody who actually has heard about the Lifter LMS, but, they, but now maybe they need to learn more of the details of what Lifter LMS actually does. So there's a different kind of way to write for those two different sets of people. I mean, and if you take that, that to each and every article which you actually write, and then it takes, you start actually learning. What actually also helps very, very much is if you actually look at the top results for those queries which there are on Google right now, because obviously um, the secret source of Google is that I've actually learned how to give the good results for the specific intent, which means that um, whatever, whatever keyword you're looking for, in, in all likelihood, the top 10 keywords will be spot on user intent. So using those two tricks, so first you actually take a look at it from your own perspective and then you actually analyze search results. It would be, you've put yourself in the mindset and on obviously using those initial results, you can actually start doing your research from those specific results. That's awesome. Uh, I have a question about SEO. When, I like in the WordPress community, if I look at one of the most popular WordPress plugins, which is um, Yoast SEO, yep. and I see pictures of Yoast on social media or whatever, and all the purple sh shirts, like there's a big team there, yep. which to me, what I see, what I actually see is a lot of people want the benefit of SEO. They want to rank high. And that's like, as a business owner, of course, I want to be number one on Google in my category or whatever. And yes. so when I, when I see all those purple shirts, I, I just think about how much people want search engine optimization. However, mm -hmm. my question to you is, uh, like, we can't, we're just one individual. We're not going to crack the code of Google. And also Google will penalize us if we do something that is, uh, not not ethical or is a trick an SEO trick and not really a solid strategy. So how mm -hmm. do you how do you do SEO, but never get yourself in trouble with uh, doing something like what 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 are some tips in that? So in general, um, uh, as you're saying, it's hard to actually be able to do SEO um, without having enough knowledge. So there are a few ways uh, to do things. One of the one of the I, I tried to do SEO for years and years and years, and and I I used to fumble around. So I used to actually be I used to get lucky on certain uh, articles, 
others I used to not uh, be able to rank whatever I try to do. Um, eventually, what I did, I started investing in my own knowledge. So rather than actually trying to, I don't know, read the free articles and stuff, I said, look, this it's time to get serious. Um, I paid for a few uh, courses, quite expensive courses. Um, and those were, uh, I started going to read the really big guys. I mean, I've, I spent a few thousand in, in, in dollars in both of I took two courses. I had been obviously um, researching and learning about SEO for quite a long time. And then I, I took these courses, and it's sort of what took me to the next level. Um, there are two ways to actually do good SEO. Number one is, I think, is to hire a good SEO. Now, the problem is there's a lot of snake oil in the industry, so I think when you when you speak about a good SEO, you really can't go into the ones who are trying to do SEO for a few hundred dollars a month. You can't do anything with a few hundred dollars. You can't do anything really intensive because the 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 industry is quite uh, it's time intensive. Anything which you do is time intensive. Content writing is time intensive. Um, acquiring links is time intensive. Uh, all of the stuff which you need to do is very time intensive. So if you, if anything says, if anybody comes up and tells you they're going to do something for a few hundred dollars, I think you should really avoid them, right? Uh, like the plague. It's, it's you're not going to get anywhere. Now, if you're not able to actually afford that in terms of uh, dollar value, what you need to do is do it in terms of of your own time. So take that money, invest it in in, in yourself. And then start doing it yourself. Essentially, it's not. I wouldn't say it's 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 rocket science. I mean, it's not terribly complicated, but um, it's hard to actually figure out by yourself. You need to go to the people who, who've actually learned, who've actually mostly cracked the code, because obviously nobody has it all down uh, to a real science. But but there's quite a lot of people who know quite a lot of good stuff. So you need to sort of shorten your own um, learning curve significantly and then start working from there. What I would say is if you want to do really good SEO, I would say you have to dedicate, I don't know, 20% of your time to SEO. Um, one of the things which we did when I was running BWIS, which is sort of a project management tool for web designers besides Collective Rays, we dedicated quite a lot of time during the product management, during the product management phase, to actually doing very good SEO and learning all of the stuff. But we, I would say, we'd, we easily dedicated 20% or more of our time in all of SEO. It's not just obviously not just the content writing, but all of the relationship building, you know, all the prospecting and all that kind of stuff. It's very time intensive. That's the hardest part. That's what that's what people are most afraid of. Right. And that's, I think that's part of the challenge of it and why the industry, as you said, sometimes has a bad name or there's snake oil or whatever, is people think, oh, I just need to install this plugin or I just need to hire this really cheap service and my SEO is good to go. But there's a, there's, uh, a lot that needs to be done. Uh, yes. I mean, with, with, with plugins like Yoast, what you've done is uh, – half of the work so uh in, in terms of seo there's there's on-page seo which is the stuff you need to do on your website and then there's off-page seo um on page is the easy part uh, because you get a good plugin like yoast or seo press or whatever uh, there's quite a few good ones these days um 
And that is essential. I mean, if you don't do that, it's like trying to put in a Ferrari engine on a whatever, on a small family car. Uh, it, it's not going to work. But you can't do the other way around. So you can't put in, uh, you can't have a good, if for you to have a good uh, for you to have a good overall package, you need to have both of them well in place. Essentially, you that can't do one without the other. But you can't go, you can't just do half. That makes a lot of sense. Well, since I have you here, I'm just going to ask for some free consulting. The uh, if for if sure. you if you type the word uh, WordPress LMS plugin into Google. Yep. What's been happening a lot lately is, uh, from an SEO perspective, uh, the, the top-ranking things are roundup posts where somebody's uh, people are, are um, publishing uh, articles that have like all the WordPress LMS plugins and themes, yes. and sometimes they put Teachable and Thinkific in there, other stuff. Like how, me as a business owner, I have a WordPress LMS plugin, but the but these are these bloggers are outranking me. Like, what advice do you have for me? <laughs> and and, I, and to be fair, I'm grateful for it because the bloggers are sending traffic because I'm on the list. Yes. Like, yes. So what? Why is that happening? And what advice do you have for me? Even if that's it's chill out, don't worry about it. <laughs> yes. So, so why it's happening? It's because of user intent. Um, the user intent when somebody's looking for WordPress LMS plugins they're at a point in time where they don't know what they need to get. So they don't know, they don't know, um, they don't know which one is the best one at, at that point in time. So the fact that there's a roundup which is offering a number of options, uh, rather than just going with Lifter LMS, um, people might, might not, I mean, with all respect to Lifter LMS, which is a great, great tool, uh, it might not be a good fit, a good fit for everyone. So, uh, but when you have a roundup, um, there is a whole selection of uh, plugins, which obviously, or different options, which which a user can see. So, it's more likely to cover their intent um, uh, from 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 a searcher from a searcher's point of view. Um, Google is actually able to measure the intent of uh, and how long the user experience of somebody who's actually landed on the roundup and the one who landed on your page. If you are able to cover 50% of the user intent and the roundup is able to cover 75-80% of the user intent, they are going to be the ones who are going to be, to rank, to be ranking better essentially. So what you need to do yourself? Um, my advice is for you to actually get in touch with, with those bloggers and make sure you are on the list. Um, mm, so, yeah. so create a relationship with these guys. Um, make sure you're there. If there is a way to actually get on the top, uh, on the, at, the, at the very top of the list, so much the better. Yeah. Because obviously it's going to be the, the plugin which gets the most traffic by far. Um, uh, Make sure your product is up to par. Uh, yeah. So that definitely, you, you cannot sell a product which is broken. Uh, and again, I, I have absolutely no doubt about uh, Lifter LMS uh, being not up to par. It is definitely one of the best products out there. But for obviously anybody else who is, who is experiencing this kind of problem, just make sure that um, when you try and go to, 
when you create a relationship with the blogger and give him access to your tool, if they find that it's broken, they're not obviously go not going to in include it uh, in the roundup. So make sure your product is, I don't know, 80, 90% there. Then start creating these relationships, which, which are obviously going to be touting uh, the good parts of your product. Obviously, also also the stuff which they don't like, but, but that's obviously going to be, be fair because it's going to be like that for all of your competitors. Just make sure that um, you have those differentiating factors from your own competitors that look, uh, I can actually cover this niche really greatly, or I have these features which are obviously a differentiating factor. I have a better price. I have a better whatever. So help them sell it, basically. Help like, them sell it, yes, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. What? And try to get on as many roundups as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. So if, if anybody mentions a competitor uh, on their site anywhere, just go after them and make sure they're actually mentioning you as well, either on the same page, on a different page, or whatever. Yeah, so that's... that is the easiest and most effective way to get yourself out there. Look for competitors or people who are in the same niche and start a relationship with these people who are actually mentioning these competitors, make sure they actually mention you, and do whatever it takes to get on their site. That's awesome. Well, we, we know that a big part of SEO is inbound links, and then there's this concept of link building where the more people who link to your, your course site or your membership site, the, the better your SEO gets. And, and the yes. quality of the source of that link, there's a whole quality score thing or whatever. What, how does somebody, this is, we've just talked about one strategy of link building by approaching people who blog about your yes. category. Yes. What other ways can course creators or any business owner really build links without getting into trouble? Yes, so, so building, um, building links is, in general, incredibly difficult. Um, everybody wants to, 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 to build links. Everybody, so, so the industry, again, is, it's, it's everybody's uh, charging money for links and doing all this kind of dodgy stuff uh, because, obviously, links have value. Now, obviously, there's always this sort of cat and dog fight with, between SEOs and Google. Google is trying to sort of get rid of the links which are uh, not natural, and obviously the SEOs are trying to make sure that uh, they get as many of these these links which are uh, natural-like. But you can actually get natural links uh, in in by by creating very very useful content. So there are two two things which are um, three things which are quite easy. Number one is if you go for uh, helpful stuff such as check checklists, templates, cheat sheets, um, task lists for your, I don't know, if you're setting up, uh, let's say you're building a course for whatever, give me an example of, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a people, let's say it's a weight loss course. Yes, yeah, so weight loss course, great. Um, so you're going to need a checklist of, uh, let's say, recipes. I don't know, a bunch of yeah. recipes, a whole checklist of recipes, uh, a whole them, or not just recipes, but a whole calendar for a whole month. So make that, uh, make that for, I don't know, who, uh, create as many of these helpful resources as possible, as many as you can. I mean, go, go the whole nine yards, just, just 
check what what there is out there and make sure that you go beyond make your make your content better than what there is so if you create that kind of resource which is really 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 helpful then it's actually quite it's relatively easy to get links to that because your content is so great that when you actually pitch it to people who have linked to similar kind of content they're going to see that your content is actually better when yeah. they see that even for them, when you actually discover a piece of resource and share it with your own readers, that this is a great piece of content, that also gives you sort of, you know, uh, discredit that you're, uh, you're a good researcher and you find the good stuff. So you're actually making their job easier by going to them with a the content which is great and pitching it to them. That's one of the, the it's, it's relatively easy because what you need to do is research and then create, let's say, this piece of content. Um, the second piece, which is a bit harder, is to to create these uh, data kind of articles. So I don't know. You find you like go into your and statistics and stuff. Yes, yes. You go like industry reports. With... Yes, industry yeah. reports. So so especially either if you're an established brand or if you're a semi-established brand, but you have. Even if you don't have access to the actual data, you can actually buy stuff from all uh, these kinds of places or find free sources. I mean, just, just, just gather as much information as possible, then create this data report, either, either with trends over a number of years or what the situation is right now, or I don't know. There's, 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 a, whole, there's a whole lot of stuff which you can actually do, but make sure that you come up with a number of brilliant uh, conclusions or a brilliant I, I don't know uh, you need to make sure that there is stuff which is actually useful for the industry and people are going to refer to yeah not just Again, the not just the stats but like what does all this mean and how do I benefit yes, from yes, it yes yes for sure for yeah. sure so I mean the industry is now going in this direction when it was going in that direction before so you need to start uh, changing the way you do business to actually make sure that you're you're, you're picking up with this trend um, so it, it needs to have a lot of, again, it needs to have value for the people who are actually consuming it. Like, like the resource had to have value. This has to have value for those people who are actually going to, uh, write about it. Now, again, this is not just for the bloggers who typically would write about you. This would be actually quite useful for the industry leading sites. I don't know, let's say in, 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 in WordPress. It's not just the WP Tavern and that kind of size. You, you could also go to people like, I don't know, Creative Block, Fast Company, um, tech, the bigger, bigger, you know, tech bigger news. kind of guys, yeah. who, tech yeah. news, exactly, Life Hacker, yeah. you know, the, the big, big industries. These are kinds of people. To, are you saying to give them their, your article or just tell them that it exists? Check it tell out. Tell them that it exists. Tell okay. them that it exists. Don't let that. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, give it post. to them. Right. Well, it's, it's you wouldn't really guess post. You would push it to the to, to the journalist essentially. Yeah, yeah, I see. Because these guys are actually looking for content. I mean, when you when your job is actually to get to churn out as much content as possible, you need to find the juicy and good stuff and then actually link to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's but again, if you have this really great content, then it's the pitch is easy. So if you just have this mundane, normal piece of content or just a guest post, you get a 1,000 requests for guest posts a day if you have a decent-looking website. 
Yeah, I can't. You're but not saying it, like a little 500 word like fluff piece. Like this is exactly, exactly. A, you're you're yeah. going with something which has so much value that it's simply you, you can't ignore it. <laughs> right. You, you, you can, you're obviously going to ignore the hundred guest posts you get every day, mm-hmm. but if somebody comes up with a really juicy piece of content or information or statistics or reports, then that's going to get the attention of who's, of anybody you're pitching to. Uh, I have a specific question for you. Like, you and I are, are more advanced content marketers. You're you more than me. And so we have this concept of Tofu, mofu, and bofu, top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. A sales funnel, if you haven't heard of it, is sort of like what um, David was talking about where uh, at first somebody is like unaware, then they're problem aware and they're searching for like WordPress LMS plugin or whatever. And then they become uh, solution aware and then product aware and then they buy from you. So there's like a journey that's called the customer journey. Mm -hmm. And there's an argument that for the top of the funnel versus the middle of the funnel versus the bottom funnel that different, you want different types of content at, at the different stages. So like checklists, resources, um, that's, I think that's kind of middle of the funnel content, but since you're in advanced content marketing, I can't help but ask you like, what's an example of something, a good SEO strategy piece to put at the top of the funnel? Like for people who may not have heard of you versus something that's lower down in the funnel that's going to help drive conversions and build your brand and stuff like that. Um, Yes. So uh, at the very top of the funnel, you need to address your your audience, not your solution. Mm -hmm. So... These is these that's a quotable later. right there. So uh, <laughs> just, that was very well said. It was, I just want to say that again. At the top of the funnel, David said you should address your audience, not run into the room screaming about your solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So let's say you're writing something for uh, HR people. You yeah. you don't speak about your HR software. You speak about uh, whatever problems an HR person might encounter, not even necessarily problems, just write stuff which is useful to HR people, whatever it is. Just make sure that your audience actually hits your website. Okay. Once they're on your website, then the soft pitching can start. And the soft pitching is uh, the most important part of your top of the funnel is for those users to actually come back. So for them to come back, you need to hook them. And you hook them with something which we call a lead magnet, which is uh, giving them something for free in return for their email address. So for them to actually get uh, onto your mailing list. So what you do, you cannot just tell people, please subscribe to my mailing list. It's, uh, I would say that is very, very difficult. And the conversion rate of that would be something like 0.5%. This is a big mistake people make. You see this above yes. the opt-in form. Sign up for updates. Join my newsletter. It's too vague. It's not actually Nobody's going to do that. Nobody. <laughs> right. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. But if you do, if you do something like, uh, let's say we mentioned the checklists, or if you're actually, if you've written content about checklists or whatever, if, if you're writing about uh, a problem your audience meets, 
and then give them a piece of resource for free just against their email address and push it into the, into their face as soon as they land on your on your page so don't just give them time to actually go anywhere just so for example uh, one of the pieces of content we write is a web design checklist yeah it's not on a co collective rates on another uh, website which we run um, as soon as people hit the site we have a huge pop-up which is get the one-on-one web design content checklist which you need uh, to make sure your website is running 100 percent right that's the first thing which they hit uh, and then we have a number of course calls to action within the actual content itself for them to actually get um, the actual piece of content we have conversion rates of 40%, 60% from traffic to email, which is incredible. Awesome. I mean, it's, it's, it's industry-wide, your, your conversion from, from traffic to, to email is something like 0.75%. Anything which is above 5% is great. And we're hitting 40 to 60%. And this is on, on, on traffic which where we get, I don't know, hundreds of hits a day. So our email list or our, let's say, audience is growing by, I don't know, 100, 150 new users a day. Where we actually get into a problem where our email marketing expense starts to get a little bit too expensive. But if you actually get this kind of content and give it for free, like you said, at the top of the funnel for your audience. And then you start building a relationship with, with your potential client by giving them as much value as possible before you actually start pitching your, your, your product or rather than your product, your solution to their problem. So this is important. We don't sell products. We, do, we sell solution to people's problems. Uh, when you actually start getting into their mindset, seeing... You know the problems of the industry. I mean, if you're actually building a course, you're in the industry yourself. You know what problems people encounter. You know the situations. You know the use cases. You know everything. So if you pitch towards those problems, towards those uh, instances of where people are having problems, and then softly pitch towards your solution to those problems, that's when you have a winner. But it's very, very important that, like you said, when people are still not aware of the solution, you need to build, build trust by giving them as much value as possible for free. I, I can hear just in the course creator community, people are nervous because they spend so much time creating a course or a membership that they think that they don't have time to also blog. So, or, and let's say, um, you know, we're, we're not suggesting you become a daily blogger, a weekly blogger. And let's say that we can get you listening to this interview to commit to once a month article or even just four times a year. There's this concept called pillar content where it's just very strategic what you do. You're not becoming, you're not jumping on the content treadmill and going forever since you you don't have time for that. But how do we define like, how do we pick? Do we just pick like the most, the biggest problem that people have? Like, how do we decide what should be the pillar? Um, it, it's not. It's not. It's not a simple question. This is not a simple question um, because it, that's the million-dollar question. Actually, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, because obviously, 
um, you want to go for the the searches which have a lot of volume, but those searches which have a lot of volume and a lot of intent are going to be extremely competitive. So unless you have enough authority in your website to actually be able to compete for those and, and actually uh, enough SEO to actually get them to rank, it's going to be very, very hard. So what you need to do is take a bit of a middle ground. So you go for, uh, let's say, content which is um, not too competitive, but you know that it is within the realm of what you need to actually, uh, the people of, let's say your audience. Again, you, you need to write content for your audience. In general, I would say it's better to target your audience and then make a pitch. I mean, you're going to at that point you're going to, you're not going to have people who are actually buyers only, yeah. But those you could actually get rid of, or they will actually fade away uh, when they're not actually going to buy. So you you need to target your audience. Um, then, like you said, you need to create a piece of content which is so great that uh, it's it's it would be it has to be. Um, it would be a no-brainer to actually get on your list, especially if you provide these free resources to actually download and whatever to actually get onto the list. Um, how to choose what? You need to do good keyword research. Now, that's a whole, let's say, uh, it's a whole sort of specialization. Um, Do you have any like uh, websites or browser extensions that you recommend for that? I use Ahrefs myself. Okay. It's an SEO tool, but there are quite a few more. What you could actually do is you could outsource it to somebody who does specific keyword research only. Mm -hmm. So there are people who actually just, you could ask somebody to give you keyword research. Um, you need to specify the volume or speak to them. Uh, it depends a lot on, on, on the specific industries. I mean, what is competitive for one industry might not be as competitive for the other. But it's difficult to speak um, in general for all industries. But like you said, you don't have to blog often. What you need to do is write great content. And if you want to do that, you need to forget the 500 words piece of content. And you need to go to... I tend to tell my content writers and the people I work with um the least piece of content the shortest piece of content we can write is 2500 words usually i would say the average for us is 4000 and uh, we've had the piece of content going to 6 7000 wow. um what you have for uh, collectiveray.com forward slash lifter LMS. That's one of the yes. things I was really yes. impressed by. I'm like, this is great. It's a deep dive. There's a lot going on here. Because what we do is we don't look at it just from a product perspective. We look at it from a problem solution perspective. So I this is your, great. I noticed in your article you, were, you highlighted uh, we have something in our biggest bundle called the Infinity Bundle called Lifter LMS Office Hours Mastermind, which is a weekly yes. call that I run. Yeah. And it's a it's live technical support, but it's mostly a strategy just yeah. to help people and make sure they're successful. And you highlighted how important that is and how much how rare that is for for people to be able to do that with the the founder or the CEO or whatever. I was like, so you're really focused on the their experience. Yeah. Like how yeah, cool sure. is that? Yeah. Because that that is obviously that is a significant differentiator. If you've had if you have somebody so Let's say you're a course builder, and obviously 
you, you know your industry, but you don't know, let's say, the course building industry, so to speak. So you don't know those tips and tricks. Now, having a people you like yourself, you don't know, exactly, don't yeah. exactly. I mean, <laughs> now having somebody like you who who's who spent their lifetime in in the industry, so they know their stuff. You know your stuff. When you actually combine those, you're onto a winning strategy. But if they had to do it by themselves. Uh, they're going to stumble and fumble around until hopefully they get it right or not, uh, which would be the, the, the absolutely worst case scenario. But when you have somebody who's actually helping you along, making sure that you actually succeed, then that's a fantastic relationship for both of you guys because obviously the ones who are actually building your course are making sure that it's successful and you've got such a great relationship with them that they would never actually consider switching to somebody else yeah you you mentioned something you just let it slip casually but i'm gonna so i'm gonna go back to it which is <laughs> it sounds like you have writers that help you can you talk about how you outsource some content writing of the, or some of the process or how do you in general you do this business in general because i also work with an agency where um i don't write all of the content so i need to actually pitch uh what i do is usually i find i do the content research and the stuff which we need to do so you find that angle about. the strategy yes like, yes and okay. then i speak to so so for example, at the agency, what we do is um, if we're writing about a specific tool for a specific industry, we, we actually get the people who are doing the real work to actually write the content. So um, there's no better person to write about a specific uh, product or solution than the person who is actually using that product because obviously they know what they need to have and they will instantly recognize whether something is great and will fit them when they actually start writing about it. What, what, the way, what I do is I guide them in terms of what I think needs to, to, be, to be in the actual content. So if you're doing a review, there are quite a lot of things. Which, if you're doing a product review, uh, we talked a lot about the actual solution to the problem. But there's a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of things which people are actually looking for when they're looking at a product review, they're looking for price, they're looking for features, they're looking for what kind of support you have, you're, they're looking for what people actually, what other people actually think about it. So they're looking for other testimonials. Uh, those are fundamentals when you're writing a product review. So, so in every piece of content, there's going to be stuff which needs to be in there. How do you actually learn how to do that i mean it takes a little bit of experience to outsource um, it sorry you were saying to learn how to shoot like to write it or to outsource it which 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 way are you going um both even even when i outsource to outsource the content you still need you still need to specify it really well besides actually so um even if even if you don't do the actual writing, you need to know what you need to get. Because obviously, if you're going to go to a content writer and tell them, write about Lifter LMS, they're going to write about Lifter LMS. That's very different from telling them, look, I need to know the features. I need to know what the differentiators are. I need to make sure that there are testimonials. I need to understand what's the difference between the different tiers. I need to know what 
problems people have encountered and actually working with this tool, you know, that's very different than telling them to just write about Lifter LMS. I love that. That's, uh, I mean, that just shows your skill as a leader and a manager and a delegator. Like, <laughs> I mean, you have to, yeah, sometimes we want to, we go and taking it back to the SEO plugin, you don't just install the plugin. You got to have like a strategy and. Yes, you know, for sure. Uh, let's say the easiest way, uh, w- let me just share with you one of the tricks which I do for content writing. Um, this is, this, this here is, uh, I, I don't share this very, very often. Um, but if you're writing about a specific keyword, what I do is I look at the top 10, even 20 piece, uh, results. And I look at the actual headings of each of those 10 results and then make sure that my content is covering all of the different sections in all of the different articles. So I'm not just matching the content of one article, I'm matching the content which the algorithm is looking for in each of the top 10 articles. So all of those 10 articles might have one thing which is great, which is helping it rank. So I'm actually including all of that stuff into my own article. Wow, and that- Which obviously then, takes that to a whole new level. So that's what we call an outlier strategy right there. Thank you for yes. being so generous with that. And we may have to do another episode because we only have about five minutes left, but <laughs> I want to switch gears I to could, another, another yes, topic. I could speak about this for ages. It's good stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot from you, so this is great. Um, you also have experience in the affiliate space. So yes. if a... Um, a course creator, you know, let's say they they make the course or the training-based membership site, they build some pillar content for blogging and SEO and whatnot. There's this concept called expansion revenue where especially if their course topic involves like working with other products or stuff, like uh, it's very common for a course creator to have a tab on their menu called resources and then on that page, like let's say, let's say I had a course about how to build a WordPress website, and mm. you know you're obviously going to be recommending certain page builders. Let's say mm. Lift LMS if you do specialize in that, or WooCommerce or whatever. And all these, mm. most of these products have affiliate programs that you can join. Mm. So if I were gonna, and this isn't this, I just want to say this doesn't just work in the technology space. There's affiliate programs for every, for everything. Yes, for sure. For everything. That's if you're doing a weight loss course, I mean, Amazon has a huge industry, huge industry. Amazon has an affiliate program. So what's not on Amazon, but Amazon is one of the biggest affiliates (laughs) vendors, not one of the biggest, definitely the biggest (laughs) by far. And they have the lowest payout. I mean, their percentage is is pretty (laughs) tiny, but what, all right, let's say somebody's like new, they're excited, they want the expansion revenues, which just means another income stream around their expertise. Yes. We're going to do a, a relevant recommended resources page that we're integrity with what we're recommending. It's, it's a good fit for our audience. What should they do? And you've only got like four minutes to lay, lay some tips on them. Yeah, so I think, I, I mean, you've, pitched, you, you've said it very, very nicely there already. Um, you, find, you need to find uh, the places, the right fit for the recommendations. So um, that is the biggest trick 
for affiliate marketing. You need to find the exact right spot where people need that specific product problem solved, let's say, rather than product. They need a problem solved. So um, if you're writing about whatever, and then uh, if you're writing about something and then try to pitch something completely different, then you're not going to get any conversions. But if you're writing about anything, and within that anything, there are premium products which would fit into, a problem, into solving that problem, that's where you get the sales. Um, I'm not sure about a specific uh, problem, but, but so, so rather than actually, um, uh, let's say we're, we're speaking about uh, LMS plugins, if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for WordPress LMS plugins, that's going to be a relatively easy sale, but that's going to be very competitive. But if you're looking for um, how to monetize a blog, um, then that's something very very different. Different because obviously, the person is not aware. They would usually be looking at adverts, um, affiliate marketing. But if you tell them that, look, if you're an expert at what you're doing. This is actually a great idea of actually pitching, let's say, uh, a membership, uh, a course, a course builder tool. Then there, there is a great way to actually monetize that. I mean, so it's you're, not. So you're moving up to the top of the funnel. We're not yes, already aware yes. of this, but we yes. have somebody who's clearly an expert at something. They're making, they're blogging, or they're YouTubing, yes, sure. or what, whatever, like. Maybe they haven't even thought about a course idea. Yes, for sure. So, so yeah. let me tell you one of uh, another of my tricks. Um, I have quite a few con pieces of content. So, so let's say everybody wants to make their website fast. Um, so, if you look at the keyword research for WordPress fast speed up WordPress, they're incredibly difficult to actually compete against because they're obviously um, everybody wants to do that. But if you look at um, very specific touches, so uh, you find tools and you find the warnings which the tools give you. Let's say, what is the fair? Uh, what is something? I'm giving away a lot of my tricks here. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's my job to mine as much value as I can out of my guests. Uh, <laughs> so you go to the you go to the tools which are making recommendations for making WordPress fast, and there is a warning which is quite cryptic. Yeah. So you take that warning, you write a whole blog about, about it and how to actually fix it, and then you actually recommend a product which is actually able to fix it, a paid product. So you've gone from trying to compete with everyone to going to a piece of content which is exactly in the niche audience which is looking for a solution, and then you're pitching a product. That's so awesome. you're giving them you're giving them a free solution because every obviously a free solution exists. But for those people who don't have time to actually tweak and uh, do stuff around, just just buy this product and your problem is solved. That is awesome. I appreciate you giving away some seriously strategic tips. <laughs> I mean, that, my mind's blown on a couple of things that you've said today that I'm going to immediately put into action in my business. And if you like actual tips around WordPress, I think this is just a great. Uh, just tip of the iceberg of the wisdom and knowledge that David has, head on over to collectiveray.com forward slash lifter LMS and, and sign up to get his, his WordPress, uh, actionable WordPress tips. Cause you're definitely, yep. um, 
I mean, you're just, you can tell when somebody adds value. And if you like this episode, I want you to email me. Uh, just send an email to team at liftlms.com. Say, I love the show with David from Collective Ray. Please get him to come back and do another show and tell me what <laughs> you want to hear about. Um, this one is so good. I'm going to actually release it early to the Lift LMS Office Hours Mastermind folks because uh, we, we typically have about a six-week delay before from recording to when it goes live. But this is uh, I just can't wait to get this in the hands of um, some of our, our top most action-taking community members because I get asked these questions, some of these types of questions, and you're, you're, clearly, you're, you're clearly the go-to person for this. Uh, again, that's David Attard from CollectiveRay.com forward slash LifterLMS. Go there. You can read his 6,000 word review of LifterLMS and you can use that as an example of everything he's talking about today. So Dave is not just idea, idea guy. He's action, take massive action guy. So David, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, is there anywhere welcome. else you want to send people or... Or anything like that. I mean, one, once they're on the site, they can actually go around and see uh, what we've what we've written about. There's there's the WordPress tricks section. There's the Teams section. There's a plugin section where we've reviewed a bunch of stuff. So there's quite a lot of good stuff on the site in general. So so it's not just Lifter LMS. We go we we go deep into we go deep into quite a lot of stuff. Check it all out. David, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime. You're very welcome. It, it would be a pleasure to actually join you again. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life, head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.